This is the Jay Che Show, brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline, focus, confidence. KarateBeyond.com. Let's begin. So just Paisley and uh-huh. then Leah. Leah. Yeah. How old's Leah? Four. Four. Okay. She'll be five. Oh, that's right, right, right. She's a little bit, little girl. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And Paisley's eight. She's six. Why did I think she was eight? She looks like she's eight. She'll be seven. She's a tough little cookie, man. Yeah. <laughs> she's a tough cookie. I tried, to, <laughs> I tried to raise her that way, honestly. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So she'll be seven in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Leah will be five in January. She picks things up real quick, too. Good. Like, she's got she's got an athletic lean to her. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and she's one of those that I think she she gets bored when she's not stimulated enough. You know, like when she's not challenged or pushed to to excel or be better, she just gets bored doing the same mm-hmm. typical stuff. Yeah. That's most kids, though. Yeah. I think. I think right? so. Right? I mean, there's the, the rare kid that just wants to like just do one thing and ho hum. Right. Like we're we're constantly in the search for novelty. Yeah. Like I, I like I'm guilty of it. Yeah. Like I'm always like I, I feel like a, a damn monkey. <laughs> you know, right. like ooh new shiny thing, right? New, new you know ooh ooh like a new 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 thing, right? You know, uh, uh, always something new, always something to 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 distract us, mm-hmm. kind of, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, the weekends come around and, the, you know, our kids are eight and 10. So they're, you know, old enough now to where we can go out and do things. And, um, you know, we're constantly asking ourselves, what are we going to do this weekend? Right. Like, I don't know. Right. Like this weekend, we don't, we didn't do anything. Yeah. We just hung out, you know, the kids went swimming a whole bunch in the pool and, and I fired up the Traeger. Yeah. And that was it. Which is a great weekend most times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the ch- I think the challenge though is keeping them out from in front of the tablets and the televisions and being so enthralled with all the technology. And I fight myself with that as well because I feel like our our world and our society has gotten so technologically driven. And these kids, with the way they operate technology and the way that they <clears throat> are surrounded by it, mm-hmm. I fight myself with: Do I let them? continue to build those skill sets right versus they're sitting in front of a tablet for four or five hours. I got onto my kids last night. So yeah. I give them uh, a limited amount of time during the week each day. You know, their, their iPads are set, mm-hmm. you know, with that, the parental controls or whatever, you know, they're, they're all, they're only allowed to be on it for like a certain amount of time. But then I give them a little more on the weekends. Right. And my daughter who's savvy, mm-hmm. Well, she's like, well, since I can't, my iPad's locked out, well, I'm just going to go to, we have one of those Google Home uh, units. (laughs) And she just goes, hey, Google, go to YouTube or whatever. And, you know, she's not watching anything bad. Right. But, like, her thing's crafting. She loves, like, making stuff, homemade stuff, right? And, which is great. That's constructive. Right. But she goes on a YouTube journey of craft after craft after craft, and I and I had to tell them. I say, "Hey, look, you can't do that. Right. You got your iPad. You had that amount of time to look up whatever you wanted to look up. Now you don't. You can't use the other appliances right. around the house to do that sort of thing. Yeah. And you know, because you're being programmed. I told them straight out, you're being programmed mm-hmm. when you're when you're watching television, when you're looking at YouTube, you're watching YouTube. You're not thinking. YouTube is thinking for you. Right." And I think they kind of get it, yeah. right? That's why I say, go read a book. <laughs> go read a book. Right, right. And they, you know, I mean, they, you know, not that they don't hate it, but. Well, the thing that amazes yeah. me is how how well the kids adapt to situations and find loopholes in those situations, right? So, of course. And it's, again, I fight myself with, so they're showing critical thinking in how do we get around the the boundaries or the structures that have been set in place, mm. the time limit on the pads or not watching Google homes or whatever. How do I get around those? But then they just go and they zone into whatever they're watching. Right. So it's like great critical thinking, get mm. off the tablet. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, uh, I mean, you're younger than me by a decade, by the way, <laughs> a little more than that too. And 
coming up, uh, Game Boy had come out, and so you had a little LCD screen, like black and white kind of, you know, mobile device mm -hmm. for a video game. You still had to put cartridges in. I played right? Game Boy when I was yeah, growing up. Right, Game Boy, but you probably had Game Boy Color and whatever. No man, I had the original. Oh, you did the big square one with the little football game on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, all right. But with with those uh, those those devices, there 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 was critical thinking involved. Right, like you actually had to like you know playing Tetris and whatnot. Right, right. So it wasn't necessarily mindless. Right, right. Where you actually had to think to win the game. Right. Versus now, when you have you know your iPad, it's straight up entertainment. I mean, yeah, you're 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 playing mm -hmm. and you have to think your way through, but most of this game stuff is just like it's 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 just mindless blast them yeah. and that's about it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I feel I feel differently about this. I, I agree. I think and I don't know what the transition there is from because even some of the the Xboxes or the Playstations, I mean mm -hmm. a lot of those games, you know, the the Call of Duties or even the sports games that you play, I mean, those still I think require some sort yeah, of Yeah, they still require a lot critical of thinking. Yeah, but just yeah, like sure. the bouncing the ball from square to square to square, it's like what are you doing? I don't know, man. But the, you know what the funny part of it is? Is that I see adults, like parents, yes. you know, if they're like waiting, you know, let's say for instance the doctor's office, right? Or yeah. the waiting room. Sitting there playing like what is it, Candy Crush? <laughs> Candy Crush? Um, and I'm like, look at him, like, really? Yeah. Like, real? I've never played Candy Crush yeah. ever. Yeah. Have you? I have. <laughs> 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 I hate to admit that, but I have. Probably waiting in a doctor's office or something. Oh man. Okay. All right. So introductions. Uh, welcome to the JHA Show, episode 82. I am here with Mr. Batman. Thank Steven. you for having me. Is it Steven? Steven, yeah. Steven Batman. Uh, okay, we'll start there. You got the coolest damn name, like, ever. It could be cool. It's a double-edged sword of a name because everyone, every guy wants to be Batman. But then, at the same time, you don't want your name to be Batman either because everyone automatically thinks right. it's the, the, the superhero, the comic right. book, right? So, I get the question a lot, honestly. Yeah. Um. You know, people always say, how was it growing up with the last name Batman? Honestly, it was fantastic. And I learned at a very early age that I could either buy into it and just roll with it yep. or be offended every time someone brought it up, which mm -hmm. there were a few knuckleheads that, oh, da na 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 whatever. Yeah. It's like, cool, you're making fun of Batman, sure. great, right. like, okay. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, but then playing sports growing up, you know, that, that became – hey, check out this Batman kit or Batman this or whatever. So that right. became kind of the call sign, if you will. Yeah. And, and a cool one of that. Well, yeah. there's worse ones for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it got to the point where I would say 40 to 50% of the people that were around me didn't mm -hmm. even know my first name. They just knew you as Batman. Just Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so, which, at that point, it's like, great, like, whatever. You know, I was, I was all in it at that point. Yeah. So it was... It was cool. And then you hear other teams kind of chirping, oh, let's go, Batman, like whatever. And I was like, yeah. Okay. On, all right. Go. Fine. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like I said, there's worse worse things you could be called on a. You could, your team. last name could be Wiener. Right? It could be Wiener. It could, it could be. There, there's a whole slew of names that could just be like, oh, no shit. Yeah. I got that shit roll of dice with the last name. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you, but, but you got the, you got the Batman, which is, which is awesome. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, you said you're from Claremont. Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised in Claremont. Mm -hmm. That's uh, like just outside Orlando. Yeah. Right. It's like forty-five it? minutes north, like directly north of here. Okay. Like you take thirty-three north, jump off on five sixty-one, and you're in Claremont. Like, like Claremont right now is like really blowing up. It has been for the last fifteen years. It's just like development, like so much development, yeah. so much housing, yeah. like and, and like good stuff too. Um, like I we. I was there for the first time because, you know, I was buying my wife's SUV. Right. And, and you know, we're like driving around. I'm like, I've never known what Claremont was. And right. they're like, I'm walking around. I'm like, damn, yeah. everything's like brand new around here. Yeah. But it wasn't the case when you were growing up, though. No. So no. it was like, you know, the whole thing, it was orange groves as far as you could see, right? Yeah. Um, which I know is a lot of what Lakeland used to be. 
Um, so my grandparents were actually born and raised in Lakeland. Okay. Moved to Claremont. My mom was born there. I was born there. And then I ended up back in Lakeland somehow. So, but it used to be that like orange groves. And then I, so I was born in the late eighties in 88. So right after, or right during the time of the last big, like citrus freeze. Mm -hmm. Right. So my grandfather was in the citrus business. He transitioned that from citrus to, then he went into cattle. Okay. Because you had all that land. Right. So you still have all these huge, huge acres of land. And then people just transitioned into cattle or horses or whatever the agricultural Mm was. Mm -hmm. Um, And then probably what early 2000s is when the housing boom really started. Mm -hmm. Um, Now actually even, even earlier than that, because it was like uh, nineties. It was when it really started the ramp up. Yeah. So I was like 10 years old. So I didn't really pay attention much Mm -hmm. at that point, but Mm -hmm. getting into like going into high school and stuff is like everything was blowing up around the high school. Mm. So when the high school was brand new, like we were the second or third graduating class out of our high school mm. and there was nothing around it when they built it. And then it was just like housing developments right. everywhere. Mm. So graduated from high school in Claremont and came down to Lakeland, um, got a scholarship to play baseball at Florida Southern. Okay. So I was there for five years. Um, didn't play any pro ball or anything like that. No, no, no. It would do, do just the opportunity didn't present itself in that manner, or yeah, it's or the typical story ha- of like I hurt my shoulder and didn't get a chance to play kind of thing. Uh, so, but yeah, I don't. Yeah. You don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. Yeah, I'm yeah. here. I met my wife here. Had my kids here. Mm-hmm. Started a business here. Like you know, yeah, it's, yeah. I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason, mm-hmm. and baseball wasn't in the cards. So right, right. You know, it is what it is. And baseball is like one of those games where it's like. Uh, you know, the chances are so slim oh that gosh. you're going to make it to the big leagues. Yeah. Right. That and even if you do get there, right. The sustainability right. is like, like super tough. Right. Uh, I it's mean, like a percent like, of a percent of a percent of kids that graduate and go to play college ball, make it to the big leagues. Yeah. I, you know, uh, my neighbor is Al Corbeil. I don't know who knew that. played for Al. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, okay. He All was right. one of my coaches at Florida Southern. Okay, there you go. Uh, so Al's my neighbor. Yep. I got to have him on the show. Um, and he's got great stories. But uh, but he was saying just the, the level of difficulty. And he was there. Yeah. You know, he played he played for the majors yeah. for a small stint. All right? I mean, yeah. so he's like, he's like, you know, my neighbor is essentially uh, you know, like a bona fide superhero yeah. if you think about it yeah right the, to the, the to have that level of talent and natural ability yep. compounded with whatever it took for you to get there yep. to begin with i mean you're a super 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 select group of people yeah right well and so um lance necro he is the coach there now mm-hmm. and he was he was an assistant coach and then he was the head coach the last year that i was there um, but his whole family played big league ball. Mm. I mean, his, I, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe his dad and or uncle are both hall of famers or something like Whoa. that. Yeah. Like, okay. Real good genes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of cool being surrounded by so much talent, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't that talented. No, I mean, I could, I was, I was good. I was decent. I, you know, had a chance to play and I, I started and I pitched there and was mm. in the starting rotation and um, had some success. Um, but to be able to see and appreciate the level of talent and, frankly, work that requ- is required to yeah. make it to that level yeah. is is very awe-inspiring, actually. Like, it's very humbling on one end, mm-hmm. but then it's like, wow, I'm surrounded by such talent. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I played with a lot of guys that got drafted in the top five rounds and – you know, went and played at different levels throughout their careers. Mm-hmm. And some, I don't, I don't know that anybody I played with actually made it to the big leagues in college. Funny story is kid I played ball with in high school, mm-hmm. spitting image of me, right? Tall, lanky, threw from the right side, had good, had good stuff. Mm-hmm. Nothing overpowering, overwhelming, but had right. great stuff. Yeah. He had a different path. Like he, um, Came out of college or came out of high school, went to a junior college, had a hurt his arm or something, had Tommy John surgery, 
It's a closer for the Braves right now. Whoa. Like their big league team. Damn. Yeah. And he's a stud. Like, <laughs> like he's a what? stud. So coupled with two things. So Right place, right time? Right place, right time. Okay. But even more so, I will say, and I'll give him extreme credit for this, the kid busted his ass mm. through he was always a hardworking kid, right? So right. he was he was a year I say kid. He's a year younger than I am. Mm-hmm. Um but he was always the guy that was staying late at practice. He was one of the first guys at practice. He mm-hmm. was always putting in the extra work, right? Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, he he had things fall into place at the right time, but he kind of put himself in that position to be in the right, right place at the right time. He was setting himself up for success. Right. Through sweat equity. Right. And a so, yeah. And now he's, he was with the Tigers for a little bit. Now he's with the Braves. And he just, Damn, that's so cool. It's, it's awesome. And just yeah. to see it portraying what he's doing like mm-hmm. kudos to him yeah you know yeah. what i mean i mean that, that that's and if we can tell ourselves that every day put in the work yeah put in the work you know put in the hours just get up and just go do it even though it sucks yeah something good will come of it eventually yeah. right I, mean, I, I think uh a lot of times in uh our adult lives once we've kind of hit that that level in your chosen profession where you know you've made it there now it's just kind of like maintaining mm-hmm. it's easy to maintain the level of complacency is very high right. in my opinion i agree um you know but with that complacency i think for me it comes boredom yeah boredom and then you just start getting distracted with other things and then you get caught slipping Mm -hmm. and then next thing you know you did not have a good quarter (laughs) yeah you did not you know all of a sudden uh you know your your uh you know your peers are starting to pass you by a little bit like well and i'm only speaking from experience with real estate but yeah i mean that industry exposes complacency pretty quickly does it like you and we learned this the first couple of years being in the business is, you know, we get a couple of, we get a couple of contracts on the board and we're like managing these contracts to the point of like making sure that they close mm-hmm. without doing any lead generation on the back end. Yeah. And then those two deals close and we're looking and we're like, oh shit, we don't have anything on the books for the next mm-hmm. 60 days. So it's like. And then it's hurry up offense time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, no. I got to gotta call these leads. And you're doing all the stuff you should have been doing the, the past three months. Yeah to fill that pipeline. So it's finding, finding some consistency in, in doing the things that people don't want to do. Mm-hmm. The little things that the little successes, the little wins to create some consistency, but then using that, I think as a platform or as a launching pad to grow mm-hmm. and not be complacent and yeah. not just be content with, Oh, look what I've built. But then it erodes from underneath you at some point. That's right. Pretty quickly. Yeah, really fast. I, this, you know, and I, and I and I say that today because I felt like shit today. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was tempted about an hour ago to send you a text message saying, "Hey, man, I got to bail. <laughs> I got to bail on today. I'm just, you know, and I like make some lame ass excuse, yep. right? But of course, I didn't. Um, right. Because again, you know, the complacency is a killer. It's a killer, man. It's a killer in everything. It's like I, I wish we I wish I could wake up every morning with the attitude of this is day one. Yeah. Day one attitude. Yeah. Like I got I have I have I have a point to make. I need to prove myself in some way attitude. Of course, and that's not sustainable. Of course you gotta like pace yourself, but I too too many of us, man, we ride that complacency train. Yeah. You know, I see it. I see it in the eyes of people that that you know. Uh, whether if I go to a restaurant, whether it's the wait staff or it's, I mean, you name it. It's most people. Yeah. Like if you really go into go somewhere, it is most people. I would say, and it's funny you bring that up because I've probably in the last twelve months been going through my own little soul seeking journey and and trying to find my purpose and place and motivations for what I'm doing. Right. And it's been a lot of that same conversation of getting up every morning and and going to the gym and working out or, or putting in the work and making the phone calls that I don't want to make or, Mm -hmm. or those kind of things. And it's like through that journey, 
I've seen the growth happen in front of my eyes, right? So mm-hmm. I've seen the the improvements in my life. I've seen the improvements in my relationship with my wife or my kids or mm-hmm. my business mm-hmm. or my physique and my body. And, you know, I think for a long time I, I was so locked into being athletic or being in good shape because that's just what I knew. Yeah. From, You're, you know, hey, you've always been in shape. You're going to continue to be in shape no matter right. what. Right? For 18 years out of my life, it was yeah. nothing to go to the gym twice a day or go to practice for six hours or, or whatever it was. That was just normal. And then I think, honestly, what happened is when I got out of that routine, I almost didn't do it just in spite of those last 18 years. You know, it's like, Mm. I don't have anybody telling me I have to do it now. I'm not working towards anything now. I'm not going to play professionally anywhere. Like, F this, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And then F this, I'm not doing this turns into I'm 250 pounds and in the worst shape of my life. Yes. And how the hell did I get here? Right. And now you're digging yourself out of a hole. And now I'm digging myself out of the hole and it hurts. Yep. But the little wins and the little successes and the changes that you see in the mirror, you start building on those. Right. And you honestly, I think the key to it is you start embracing the suck. Yeah. You start appreciating the suck and looking for those moments of where you're in those uncomfortable situations because you know at that moment you're growing. Right. So like using the gym as an example, like it'd be very easy to go in there and just rep out some light weights, jog on the car, on the yeah. treadmill for 10 minutes. Go through the motions. Yeah. But you're not, again, you're complacent. You're not doing yeah, anything. Not doing anything. Nope. I mean, my, my wife and my friends, uh, everybody asks me, why on, why in hell are you running the lake at noon or at two o'clock yeah. or one o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah. At first, I didn't know what the answer was. I, th- I, th- I thought, uh, you know, I just did it because that was the time that I had to go run it. But right. now I'm figuring out subconsciously, I'm doing it because that's the hardest part of the day to do. 100%. And I like it. Yes. I'm like a glutton for that punishment. Yes. It's, like, it, it's punishing. It's brutal. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks to run in that heat. Yeah. But when you're done and you're taking a cold shower because you need it, it feels mm-hmm. so good. And you and I feel accomplished. Yeah. At least I got that out of the way yeah. during the day. Well, and I think something innate in our, in our psyche and our makeup, and I'm, and I'm speaking as men or as guys here, I think there's something in us from a competitive standpoint. It's like, I don't want to do the things that suburban housewives can do mm. on a regular basis. I don't want to run. No knock kid. against the rural housewives. No, love love uh, the rural housewives. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that, that, that warrior nature, I think is like, I want to run it at the hardest, the hardest time of the day to prove that I that I have what it takes to do that yep. as a man, as a, as a person that's looking for that next level validation. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I agree. Like we, we went running yesterday. We took the girls out on a bike ride and ran around the neighborhood and I was laughing because it was getting ready to rain. And I was like, well, I don't really want to run with a bunch of wet clothing. So I ran without my shirt on. Right. Mm. And I remember you guys talking in one of your previous podcasts about running the lake without your shirt on. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> Dad I, like, bought you know I don't care. I don't care. I'm at the point now. I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> don't care. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it's free. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. So it's like, I don't care if, you know, Florida Southern chicks or whatever, or, or I don't give a shit. I know. Or the suburban housewives. I mean, or whatever, <laughs> you know, like I'm married. I got two kids. I got a mortgage. What are you going to do? Right. You know, like right. <laughs> care, care less. Yeah. Um, but it's the attitude of, I am going to train today. I am going to train today. I am going to train every day. And I might, what am I training for? I'm not training for a competition. I'm training for myself. I'm training for me to get to the next level or to, to stay sharp, to stay sharp, to do what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, like that, that is the attitude. Like, uh, I started uh, I used to never lift heavy, like go to the gym to like try to lift right. heavy weights. And now I'm turning 44 on Sunday and I'm doing deadlifts for the first time, you know, yeah. with like, you know, for, for someone that hasn't, you know, some pretty decent amount of weight, right. you know, and, I, and the entire time I'm thinking, Oh, please God, don't throw my back out. Please, please my, let my back be okay. Right. But, right. <laughs> but it, 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 but I am training. I am training for me. I am training for myself. I'm training so that I can become better 
whatever the thing comes my way right whatever opportunity comes my way because ultimately your body becomes a weapon right your body becomes if it's if it's something that can either help and propel you to whatever you're trying to grow and do Mm -hmm. or it can hold you back yeah if you don't have the energy or or the the physical stamina to continue to build your business then you're going to be complacent by default yeah you don't have a choice yeah so it's almost like you have to incorporate and and take care of all aspects of your life that's right in order to actually grow. Yeah. I, heard, I heard something, I read something in a book that your your growth potential or your your expansion potential is limited based on your least developed part of your life. Mm. So whether it's your body or your family or your kids or your job. The like weakest link. Whatever the weakest link is, that's, yeah. that's the extent of your capacity. Oh man, I like that. Until you put the work in to, to bring it up to par with everything else. Yeah. And it was kind of a smack in the face. And it was like, oh, damn. Like, <laughs> I'm over here trying to build my business and grow, but I haven't seen my kids in three days. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, so it's it's a, it's a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. But I think if we're really trying to grow and improve and build and, and, and create, a, frankly, a better society and a better world, we're kind of called to do that. Yeah. What do you think your weakest link is now? If you if you if you could pinpoint out and I'll and I'll and I'll go with mine, I think I fuck around too much. <laughs> I honestly do. Yeah, I think I, there. I think I give myself time for miscellaneous. Even though I take care of my all, all my stuff, right. don't get me wrong. I still give myself time to fart around right. or knock around on whatever said mini project. Right. You know. Whether it's like, you know, learning day trading. Like yeah. I'm learning day trading right now. I don't know why. I, I, I don't know why. I saw a course on it. Some, some guy pimping it out on Instagram. And I was like, mm, you know, I, right. I think I could do that too. Right. And so I did it. <laughs> and now I'm, but I mean, that's not necessarily, I mean, that's, that is creating opportunity and creating growth. Yes. Okay. Right. But you know what I mean? It's like getting distracted with like the little things that yep. really, you know what? You probably don't need that in your life. Right. You probably don't need that in your life. You just, why don't you just go ahead and get some sleep? My wife tells me all the time, she's like, she she usually goes to bed before I do, and I'll sit around and, and mess around on my phone, whether it's Facebook or emails or fantasy football. Mm. And Which is fun, by the way. Right. I mean, I've never done it, but it's, I mean, that's, it looks fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll tell you that story in a second. But she'll a lot of times she'll roll in and say, hey, you need to go to bed. Like, go to sleep. Like, get off your phone. And it's like, subconsciously, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I know I'm doing it, but I just kind of zone into it mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I have to do this before I go to bed. I really don't. I just need to put the damn phone down, mm-hmm. go to bed and then get up at five o'clock or five thirty or whenever I'm getting up to go start my day and do my, you know, read my books in the morning before the world wakes up. Mm. So, but I agree. I think it's the little things. And for me, I think if I, if I'm being honest, my knee jerk reaction when you asked the question was that the area of my business is probably, the one that has the most opportunity. But after marinating on it for a second, honestly, I would say that my wife and kids are probably where I have the most opportunity. Oh, and all that's right. all right. And that's just being a hundred percent. Like we spend a lot of time together, but you're not spending time together, but we're on our phones, yeah. we're on our tablets, we're on whatever distracted. Right. And it's not fair. It's a smack in my face. Every time, it happens every time I recognize that it's happening. Going to bed. Yeah. Going to bed thinking to yourself, why did yeah. I do that? Where did that? the day go? Yeah. I just spent eight hours with my kids and didn't talk to them for more than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And so, it wasn't like going on purpose. It's just the way the right? time was spent. Right. And and part of that is either I have things going on or, or, or emails or work calls or whatever it may be. Part of it is the kids are doing what they're doing, may not necessarily want to talk to me at that particular time mm-hmm. or hang out or whatever, but the the way the times that I kick myself in the ass the most is when one of the girls comes up and says, Hey daddy, will you color with me? Or hey daddy, will you have a tea party with me? And I'm like, I will in a minute I'm doing something, or I will in a minute I gotta make mm. this phone call. You know what I mean? And then like after the fact I feel like I'm six inches tall. Yeah. And it's like I try to make up for it after the fact, but it's like, why can't I just put the damn phone down? and go do it at that time or my wife bless her heart just taking her out on a date night Mm. you know what i mean like we Mm -hmm. for a long time we made it a point of once a week 
Thursday night, Friday night, whatever it is, we're going out on date night. Yeah. And then COVID rolls around. And oh, that's squashed everything. Throws the whole yeah. the whole thing up, and it's yeah. like, but that's just an excuse. We could still get a sitter. We could still go out. We could, st- sure. you know what I mean? So, sure. you could find a way. Yeah, I think it's just being cognizant of those things and making the effort, the same effort that I would put into my business, or the same effort that I go to the like I I almost religiously go to the gym now mm. because of the the improvements that I'm seeing or the the how I feel. That and Stephen off COVID. That yeah, but I can't say that I'm putting the same religious effort into your relationships my relationships with my family yeah i think we're a lot i I think a lot of us are guilty in that way i mean i I give you example last night yeah you know we had a a day of past two days three days of just kind of farting around the house you know played with the kids a bunch so on and you know and i pulled out my laptop and uh started doing some some work and you know, my kid comes up to me and he says, you know, hey, dad, you know, uh, can you can we play hide and seek when you're, when you're done working? I was like, no. Right. And as soon as I said, it, I was like, what a dick. Right. And, you know, I proceeded to say, hey, look, man, we, we've been playing, you know, we've had a day of playing and all this stuff. And, you know, oh, you know, have you done any reading today? Right. Have you done anything extra today? Right. Um. And he's like, no. Well, I was like, hey, you know, you probably need to get on that. But at the same time, you know, I'm I'm right. You know, I am right. right but the delivery was like, what a dick. Right. You know, that, and, and I, as soon as I said it, I felt six inches tall. Yeah. Guilty, man. Yeah. But I think, I think maybe the, the good takeaway in that is, is that we can say we recognize those moments as opportunities to do better next time. Right. But recognizing it and not acting on it, completely. hundred percent. Yeah, because you can rec- I mean, because I'm sure majority of us recognize it, but are we doing anything about it? Right, is the and answer's probably no. Thing. It's it's easier not to. It's yeah. easier to oh, I'll get it next time, and then you do yeah. the same shit next time. Yeah, and it's like, but if we're talking about not being complacent mm-hmm. and looking for areas to improve in, right? I think that's a big one. And it's like, and it's not a matter of like you know, sugarcoating everything for our family and trying to be you know, hero guy, ideal dad guy. No, right. because this is impossible. Right. Because you gotta be, sometimes you gotta be, well, a dick. Right. <laughs> sometimes you gotta be tough right. on your kids. Right. You know, and you gotta tell them, hey, no, dude. Yeah. That's not, no, that's not gonna work out. Yeah. It, you know, sorry. Yeah. But that's just the way it is. Yeah. And that's, I mean, as my, long, long, my parents yeah. always used to tell me, he's like, you'll figure it out when you have kids. Or you'll, you'll understand when you have kids. Yeah. I was like, you're just blowing smoke. I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. And now? They absolutely know what they're talking about. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Because I mean I, I mean I I would I would I would imagine that you you know lived a pretty good um childhood, right? Yeah. And you know, well enough to end up at Florida Southern to play ball. Yeah. You know. And that's, that's, that just doesn't happen accidentally. Yeah, right, no, I had a know. lot of I had a lot of support growing up. Um, I, you know, and I will say that my my family, my parents were one of those that we had a divorce situation at, at one point. Mm. Um, both both sides did a very good job of still being involved and intact, in, in and you know, making looking back on it, making me kind of the center of my own world. I guess mm-hmm. call it that. Um, and and then you couple that with some of the some of the coaches that I had throughout my high school, particularly um, my house, my high school football coach was the one in a million. Like he was unreal. The kind of guy he was. Hmm. And he was a big Christian guy. was a big, um, you know, a big believer and really instilled a lot of that into the entire team. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a, Hey, you're going to do this or else. It was just like, Hey man, like, we all love each other. This is what we're going to kind of center our team around and, and give glory Whoa. to God first and football second. And spoiler alert, we had a pretty good football team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we lost in the, the regional and state playoffs the two years that I played. Um, but it, I think it was more than that. It was, it was based on the foundation of what he was laying. And mm-hmm. you're talking about 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old men, boys, you know, what better example at that point in their lives than having some sort of, of that 
concrete foundation. A mentor that has oh that laid gosh. down character. Oh my god! Yeah, I, if I anybody that played for him would probably say the same thing. Like wow. they they remember the good times playing ball. They remember the the wins and the success and all that stuff. But I think the takeaway would be the foundation that was laid, or or maybe the foundation that was solidified mm. through that period of our lives. Damn, damn! You guys looked out. Yeah, <laughs> you guys looked out. Serious. I look back on it, and yeah. I'm I very blessed with. Mm the influences that I had in my life. And it wasn't picture perfect. Like I said, you of know, course not. going, everyone has their struggles and, and hindsight, 2020 divorce is not really that big of a deal compared to some other things that could have happened. Yeah. But in the midst of everything that was going on, I was very blessed for the influences that I had in my life at that time. Mm. So if you had to go back and tell your, tell you, right, your younger self, you know, what to do or what not to do or give like some sort of plant a seed of some kind, uh, what what could it be? So it doesn't have to be one thing either. So mm-hmm. my um, my trainer, I, I will say, my guy I used to work out with through through college for baseball. Um, he always used this analogy that he was Mickey and I was Rocky, right? Like he was mm-hmm. the trainer and I was the the athlete. Who is it? His name's Chuck Wolf. He was a um, pretty well known guy in Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, biomechanical type guy. Worked yeah. out with a lot of pro athletes. Um, I call him Uncle Chuck. (laughs) All right. But Uncle Chuck's signature line to me was, women weaken legs. (laughs) What? Right? Women weaken legs. And I guess that was Mickey's Mickey's quote to Rocky. But but to tie that into the question, I spent a lot of time in extracurriculars outside of the sports that I was playing. Okay. So always had a steady girlfriend, always was trying to do the best to be the best boyfriend to that particular girlfriend. Mm. And and honestly, looking back, it took a lot of time away from what I could have been doing yeah. athletically. Yeah. And I say that with a, with an asterisk or a caveat or whatever, I wouldn't change it mm. because of where I'm at. Right. Right. So all of those things played into where I'm at now, but from an athletic standpoint or from a advice standpoint, Stop chasing girls. Stop chasing girls and put some more work in. Yeah. Like, you know, down. we can say that now. Right. And I can probably, and I feel, and I agree with you hundred percent. Right. Is that if I can go back and say, Hey, you know, stop paying attention to these girls, right. dude, you know, it, but that's impossible. We wouldn't have listened. We would not have listened too, too much testosterone, too many hormones, too, too, or a bunch of idiots, yep. a bunch of chimps at that, at that, at that stage. But we knew it all. Yeah. We, we thought we knew it all, out. didn't yeah, we? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we thought we knew. I mean, like we were smarter than our folks, man. Gosh. We were smarter than our professors. I don't know how they made Kidding it without me? us, honestly. You know? Yeah. And, and, and yet here we are. Here we are. <laughs> here we are. You're, you're a dummy. You're a dummy. Okay. And I'm saying that to myself right. and I'm saying that to the majority of, oh yeah, I'm talking to you guys too. The majority of the guys and girls out there that are still in college, you're yeah. dumb. I yeah. mean, look, look, you mean well, everyone means well, but guess what? Yeah. Catch up to me in about 15. All right. right? And then we'll talk. Well, that's what they say. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Experience is priceless. Whatever tagline yeah. you want to use. Like. Yeah. But you're like, at that, at that point, it's like, it's nothing but right. chasing the opposite sex. It's like, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like ingrained yeah. in us. Well, when you have right? that Superman mentality of I can do it all. Yeah. I can accomplish I'm it impervious. All. Yeah. No, yeah. I got time. Proof. I Nothing's got nothing but time. Right. Yeah. But then you look back and you see the opportunities and the moments of making those decisions of leaving practice early to go on a date versus staying at practice for an extra half an hour, mm-hmm. putting in that extra work, doing a couple extra reps in the weight room, just the whole mentality of it all. Or just the mental headspace, right? Oh because you're, you're in the gym or you're in the library, right. but you're not exactly in there, are right. you? Right. <laughs> you're Cause elsewhere in you're your mind, you're going through the motions. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing it to get by and get to the not next present. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm guilty, man. I'm thinking, all are, I think. Major, like, yeah. I mean, there are those rare individuals. Except for the guys that are playing in the big leagues right now. Maybe, or they're just able to, I or don't know. Or they're just that good. They're, they're just that good, you know? <laughs> hey, you know, I, I don't know. But, but you know, like, I, there's a couple guys uh, growing up or in college that I that I saw that were kind of like that, that were 
like really focused. Yeah. Like supremely focused. Like they were dedicated. Yeah. You know, like you weren't, you wouldn't catch them. I mean, yeah, you'll, they'll come to the occasional party. I mean, but for the most part, I mean, they were grinding. Yeah. And they were just, you know, and I, and I don't, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're very successful. Yeah. Like hopefully yeah. they're very successful for all that time that they spent away from having fun. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I played with guys on both sides of that. Like, I played with guys that were talented, and they were locked in, and some of those guys are still playing ball. Mm. And I played with guys that were more talented than those guys, but they were at every party, mm. and they're not playing anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just the, it's just the difference in personality. And I think a lot of us maybe were guilty of buying into our own story thinking that we were as good as everybody was saying Mm -hmm. and we weren't good point or we didn't have the work ethic to take it to the next level right and expand upon that talent you know when i hear potential right like oh yeah you got a lot of potential i think that's a curse yeah i consider it a curse so i tell i don't tell my kid he's got a bunch of potential It's so bad. It's so bad. I hope one day he's, uh, you know, just an absolute world killer. But right. my son, I don't tell him he's, like, great. Right. I say he's okay. You're, you're all right. Right. You know, he's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, you're all right. Well, that's the thing. is couple it with the motivation to work and the motivation to excel and be better so that hopefully he expands upon yeah. how talented he is. Right. And And I do the same thing with my girls. It's like I tell them they're good. I tell them they're... You know, they have succeeded to a point in whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. but it's like, there's room to grow. Yeah. It's like, you could be better. There's other people that are doing the same thing or more. And people always used to tell us, and I'm sure they said the same thing. It's like, there's always someone out there that's outworking you. There's always someone yes. out there that's doing one more rep or one yes. more whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, there probably is, but I get the mentality of it now. Right. So it's, and again, it's walking that fine line as a parent is like, how do you, kind of keep your kid propped up and keep them motivated at the same yeah, time. Yeah. So <laughs> we were at, we were playing tennis over the weekend and he's pretty good. Right. My, my guy's good. You know, uh, he hates it by the way. He doesn't <laughs> want to play tennis, <laughs> but I'm like, you gotta play an additional sport. It can't be martial arts. Right. You know, there's no money in it. Right. right? There's no, there's no career for you. Martial arts. Right. I mean, you know, maybe you make it the UFC. I don't know, but like, I don't want that for you. <laughs> right. You don't definitely don't want that. Right. You know? Um, but I'm like, I don't want him to be like, you know, it's not, not trying to turn him into like, you know, a top seated player and right. UST or anything either. It's just, right. it's just, Hey, it, pick a sport, have fun with it. Excel in it. Tennis is one of those games where, you know, it can be played for a lifetime. Right. It's great for athletics. It's a lot of fun. It's low impact. Yep. You're not going to get your head, you know, head kicked in. Yeah. And, you know, and he's good. Yeah. He's good. Uh, you know, and, and he was out there and he, he wasn't playing so good. And I'm like, hey, man, you only got, you have nothing but a forehand. <laughs> you only got a forehand. He's like, I got a backhand too. <laughs> he got all upset at me. All right. Well, you know, we're going to work on that backhand. <laughs> such a dick <laughs> gotta keep him honest though man <laughs> right I mean, but you know and he was pl- playing my wife who's like you know getting really good too and and um yeah it's just i don't know too hard i keep <laughs> i keep thinking like i want to i want to get my girls into like golf yeah like because women's golf is exploding like yeah. even like collegiately like just to get a scholarship and go somewhere it's like yeah there's softball there's volleyball there's all these things that I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I never played these things. I yeah. mean, softball would be the closest thing, but, but still that's mm. like, and I think selfishly it's like, all right, if one of you guys takes up golf, then I can go out and practice with you <laughs> and just tell my wife that I'm going out to, Oh, you know, Payson needs to practice again. Gotta you go. play? You yeah, play? Yeah. I will go play. All yeah. right. Um, it's, uh, my, my kids have taken up golf cause you know, uh, you know, we play over at grasslands and you know, they're not, the kids. They're gonna pick it up so quick. Oh my gosh! It's like it's really uncanny. Yeah. How 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 quickly they just pick up any any game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, women's golf. My my daughter. I mean, because she's you know she's Korean. Right. And nothing but Korean LPGA players. <laughs> right. Like, dude, how much money are those girls making? Like, Serious. damn. Yeah. Serious. Well, and like the the golf teams at Florida Southern stellar on both sides mm-hmm. the women's and the men's teams like just un uncanny how good they are yeah and so 
I had a dad moment the other day. I, so I have this net set up in the backyard mm-hmm. that I can hit golf balls into and practice yeah. and whatever else. And I bought the girls their own little sets and took them out back and Paisley grabs it and she swings from the left side, which she's, everything else is right-handed, but she picks it up and swings from the left side. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Ken Griffey Jr. And I was like, that's my the son, best my golf swing I've ever way, seen. By the way. And I was like, am I being a, am I being a, like a dad right now? Or is like, am I actually looking at potential? Right. Right. Am right, I looking right. at potential yeah, here? Yeah. So, but she hit it a couple of times, got bored and went back in the house and was like, I'm done with this. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, golf is one of those games where it requires a, a, a lot of, a lot of patience. It does. It requires so much patience. You know, I mean, I, the only reason why I got into it as much as I did growing up is because my dad got obsessed. Right. Right. He got obsessed. And so, you know, I wanted to spend more time with him. And so the only time I really got to spend a lot of time with him was on the damn golf course. So right. it was like I, I went with him. Right. And then that's where I picked up the game. I still shoot like shit. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun, though. Right. You know, you, you have those, you know, you, 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 you crank a drive down down the line and you're almost running on the on, on, on the green and, and and you come back for more. Yeah. Those moments make you want to come back for more. Yeah. You know, we went over, played over at Lone Palm and, uh, um, on Friday and, you know, I shot terribly. I lost so many balls, but you know, I I had a couple great holes, Right. you know, had a birdie from out of the bunker, you know, like, Hey, I keep coming back for more, more. you know, JP Phillips. Yeah. 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 He used to play a lot and, uh, and, um, and he, I think he played on the Nike tour. Right. And, uh, and so I sent him a text message like, hey, man, I need lessons. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need lessons again. I'm all over the place. So he, he's like, uh, but um, anyway. All right. So, t- uh, man, we just went off every, right. every direction. You ready to get the podcast started now? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, so Batman, you're with the group, yes. right? The gate and the gang uh, over at Keller. Yep. Um, and, and you sell homes, Yeah. right? Does your wife do it too, right? Yeah, so we have like a husband and wife team. Okay. So we started, I think the initial idea was that we were going to start it as working collectively, but like still kind of running our own businesses. Mm -hmm. And we found out pretty quickly that that wasn't going to fly, primarily because I didn't like her going out to show random people houses by herself. Mm. Um, Because that was right around the same time that there was some some crap that had come out about open houses and realtors getting mugged and yep. some other scary shit. So mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. like, no, that's not going to happen. So it kind of morphed into where we just operated one business together. Yeah. So I ended up kind of being the, the face of it, if you will, you mm-hmm. know, going out and meeting clients, making calls and stuff like that. And then she does a lot of stuff as far as relationship with the customers and stuff on the back end, helping with paperwork and, and contracts and stuff like that. Um, and then, then we kind of got into trying to do kind of an all-inclusive type real estate offering, if mm-hmm, you will, mm-hmm. which would include staging of houses and setting up the houses for pictures and advising on renovations or paint colors or that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she has a ridiculous eye for anything design. Mm-hmm. Like I walk in, I was like, yeah, it looks, it's white paint. looks great. Looks good to me. Let's all, it. Put some new carpet down, whatever. She mm-hmm. walks in and is like, oh, it needs to be a revere pewter and you need to have six inch baseboards and you need to have this particular type of flooring and these plants in the corner. Oh, Jesus. Like, what are you talking about? But it's, it's gold. Right. So that was part of the business for a little while. And you know, that's, she still does that when it's necessary. You know, there's been some more staging companies that have kind of come up since then. So it's easier to kind of hire that work out now. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, if you guys got it, got it in the bag so far as like, well, hey, it's part of having have the services. Right. Yeah, sure. It's part of having an eye for, what needs to be done, you know, and it, it, the whole business is, is predicated on how do you separate yourself from the next guy or mm-hmm. the next girl or the next agent, right? You know, how do you give your clients that little bit of an edge because of what you may or may not know? Yeah. It's like, you, again, going back to the shiny, you know, <laughs> get distracted by the shiny, right. the, you know, that extra thing. Right. Yeah. So now she, um, it's kind of cool. Like she's still involved in the real estate stuff, but she's actually branched out and she's doing, um, like the Instagram blogging and stuff now hmm. um, where she, you know, does a bunch of clothing try-ons or accessories or, or house products or whatever. And then she could link those products on her page and people can go buy the products and she gets paid a commission off of what they buy. Hmm. 
So I'm like, how do you make that go? Like, right, right. blow that up and then yeah. I can go play golf. <laughs> but, um, but no, so I mean, it's, it's, it's constant, man. Like we have so many irons in the fire, yeah. different things that we're doing, but it all centers around the, the bread and butter at, you know, Keller Williams with gate and the, yeah. the housing sales. So yeah, that's great. I mean, uh, you know, that's the, that like, you know, we talked about that briefly. It's the interesting concept of having like these teams, yeah. these like real estate groups, these yeah. teams, you know, which I, and I didn't know of ever uh, until, you know, I, I, you know, became friends with a bunch of realtors, but, right. um, but yeah, and, but it seems to work and you guys are happy. It's, it's kind of cool. Like it's, you know, you think of real estate and it's like, oh, this cutthroat industry, everyone's at, against each other and they're working against each other and fighting for listings and buyers and all this other stuff. Yeah. And it was refreshing because our team or our group, it's like a big family. Hmm. We have like 20 agents on the team. A lot of them have been there for five years or more now. Mm-hmm. There's some some new bucks on the team, but for the right. most part, the core of the team, the bulk of the team has been there for quite some time. I see. So... And it's such a cool mixture. I, I, I don't like to give Gate a lot of credit for things, but I will give him a little bit of credit in the sense that he's really good about putting people together. Yeah. And the diversity on our team is like we have old and young and black and white and, and the Asian element. And then we have husband and wife teams. And we mm-hmm. have, um, you know, we have three or four husband and wife teams now, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the nature there's not like a one size fits all right but i think it's cool because if there's a particular client that comes through like he's got somebody for that particular client you know he kind of checks all the boxes of of people that he's servicing and that's kind of the name of the game is mm-hmm. how do you best serve the clients you know how do you best service the people that are you're trying to work for got it so okay. it's really really cool dynamic um and, and we love it i mean yeah yeah. Well, if it's working, you know, don't, don't, don't fix what's broke. Don't you know, fix yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you guys have like some crazy fantasy football thing Man. that, uh, that happens, uh, obviously every, every year. <laughs> so, yeah. So we have an office, I say office, it's a very loose term. It started out as an office league with a bunch of the guys on the team mm. and it has evolved into, it's just, there's a couple of, so it's me and Gate. And I think that's actually everybody that's still on the team. It's kind of branched out from there now. Okay. Um, but it's all the guys that we hang out with and, and people we work with and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So there's a total of eight guys. Um, so it's a smaller league, but it's it's probably better that way. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people that could really hang out with all of us. In a I just like to see setting. Gate lose. I just like he, to see Gate lose in fantasy football he's because great. that one, that one, that one season where the Patriots won actually. <laughs> He went radio silent for like it's what it seemed like oh, a week. You didn't hear from. <laughs> well, he's a Dolphins fan, so I don't know how that works. But he's terrible at fantasy football. Ugh. Like he's so bad, and I'm only saying that because he won the year before last. I actually lost last year, like lost the okay. league. So I had to walk around Mun Park in a pink tutu. Oh, is that what the yeah. the the uh, the, the uh, punishment was yeah. for for coming in last? Which actually I kind of lucked out because. The years prior to that, some guy got shot with a paintball gun. Oh, Jesus. A bunch of times. Another guy got his legs waxed. Like, I made out like a bandit. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's kind of extreme. So the yeah. winner gets a, uh, was it like a trophy? Or yeah. No? Or something. So there's a trophy, there's a yeah. buy-in, so they get a portion of the, the prize money. Right. And then, and but then the, the person that comes in last, is that what the, the you guys, yeah. you got, you have some sort of disciplinary action. Yeah. It's oh. like a... It's a punishment, if yeah, you will. Yeah, and we, and we we don't we try to do anything though. permanent, right? So like right. no tattoos, no piercings, anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ridiculous. But yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty stoked about my team this year. <laughs> pretty stoked. Of course, I was stoked last year, and that right. didn't work out. So yeah, um, I want to ask you the question uh, that I ask of of all my guests. Uh, you know it. Uh, what do you want? What is what does Stephen Batman want? And you can do multi. Uh, you know, multiple answers. You don't have to give one. You know, so I love the question, and it's it kind of fits into, like I said, my journey of searching the last twelve months or so. Honestly, what I want is to be a good example. Like I want to be the example of what a good husband looks like, what a good mm-hmm. father looks like, of what a good 
Christian man looks like. Mm. Like I want to be, for lack of a better term, I don't want to go around throwing Bibles at people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want to mm-hmm. be that guy. I want to be the example of what that love looks like. I want to be the example of, hey, I'm going to pick you up when you're down. Mm. Um, and I don't know if that sounds cliche. I don't know if that, that sounds vague. You just want but, to, no, that, that's not. That, that's, that's really good. But I think that's like, you know, yeah, I want to, I want to be successful and I want to grow and I want to develop my business and, and branch out to other businesses. And I was talking to my wife about this the other day, actually. Um, I think the initial draw to growth and expansion and, and being bigger is the monetary gain, right? The yeah. financial aspect of it. Sure. And I got to thinking about that because that can be very shallow. You know what I mean? That's not real deep. It's like, mm-hmm. I want more money. Great. Right. Mm-hmm. I think along with the money comes the comfort, complacency, and some of that stuff. But I think ultimately what switched in my mind or what I was telling my wife the other day is I want to be able to help more people. Mm. Like I want to be able to influence and affect more people than what I am have access to right now. Right. So, and whatever that looks like, whether it's helping with money or helping with houses or helping with food, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Cause ultimately I feel like that's what my job is to be is just to, you know, be an example. Right. Right. So I mean, live an admirable way of life, right? Be a person that could be, can be admired, not because you want to be admired because it, it, it comes sincerely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very well put. Thank you. Okay. Now what do you want? What's the, what did you just ask me? What, what do you want? You need, what do you need like, as, in, as in like a, a material thing right now? Honestly, nothing, man. You got everything you want? Yeah. Damn, that's good. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. I mean, always striving to be better, but as far as things, I mean, I got what I need. Yeah. So just how, do I, dude. how do I help everybody else get what they need, right? Yeah. So how, do you, how do you create so much value um, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, for for people because it's not it's not about the money. Right. It it, it, it can't be about the money. Right. Because if it's it's like one of those things where if you obsess over it and you chase after it, the farther away it gets from you. Yeah. Right. Like so far as like you know, hey, you know, I'm trying to make you know, and maybe it works for some people. For me, it doesn't seem to work. Like if if I if I chase money. It feels like money slips through my fingers. Yeah. However, if I chase creating value, like creating something that is worth something to someone, yeah. then the money comes. Yeah. It's it becomes easy. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what a lot of people. I think that's where the the change happens, right? I think that's where the the dynamic going to the next level happens because mm. most of those guys that are, that are Uber successful, the Uber rich, the Uber, the Tony Robbins and the Grant Cardones and the, mm. the, the guys that are telling all of us how to be better and how to be more right. successful and all that stuff. I think the common theme among, or one of the common things among those guys is they don't chase the money. Mm. They're chasing the impact they have on people. Right. They're chasing the, the influence on people's lives. Well, I mean, now don't get me wrong. They've got really, really high price points. Right. <laughs> you know? They're also chasing those things in their private jets. But Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I see that. And, uh, but it's true though. It, it is true. It's like if you, if you create something of, of value, that's something of tremendous value to someone and right. it's an intangible. Right. I well, mean, think about that trickle something. down, right? So think yeah. about, so Tony Robbins or Grant, use Grant Cardone because I haven't listened to a lot of Tony Robbins stuff, but I've been reading some of Grant's books, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, think about his his goals or what he thinks, who he's influencing, right? Mm-hmm. Somehow that trickled down to me. Mm-hmm. And then what effect do I have on people beyond that? So if you play that all the way back up the scale, like he kind of had a hand in the impact that it's playing in those other people's lives sure. through me, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just a small example, but, you know, I think it's our responsibility to, to take those things and apply them. Yeah. Well put, man. Thank you. Let's go play some golf. Let's do it. Yeah. Where do you play it? Um, I, I got a membership over at Grasslands. Nice. And I finally, no, I still haven't played around yet. 
<laughs> no, I was, I was supposed to go play on Friday, and somehow we ended up at Lone Palm. So I don't, I don't know how that, how, how that one worked out. But, uh, but I do want to go play. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah let me know. I'm supposed to be playing in a, in like one of those scrambles. Yeah, on Friday. Is it this Friday yeah. that you're playing on? Yeah, it's okay. like the. Is it a, is it Grasslands? No, no, no. It's a. It might be the Osceola County Realtors Association mm-hmm. tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my buddies bought the foursome and needs a guy, so I was like, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I'm All great right. at scrambles. Grip it and rip it, and then I'll make a putt and <laughs> call it a, a one in four <laughs> chance of making this right. <laughs> right. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, man. Thanks. Uh, for how on. do you? How do people find you? Um, so easiest way would be Facebook um, or Instagram. Um, or just call me, 863-608-1618. All right. Fantastic. And I'll put it in the show notes cool. uh, on your websites and stuff like that. Awesome. All right, dude. Thanks for coming. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Thank you for listening to The JJ Show. Brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline. Focus. Confidence. KarateBeyond.com. Martial arts classes for men, women, and children. After school pickup, evening classes, and summer camp. Visit KarateBeyond.com.